Hello team, it's Pam here from Alt Marketing School. I have a question for you right now and that is what would happen if you could market to hearts and not brains? What would you think would happen if you knew that you could make the world a better place with positive impact marketing but putting purpose and results first? If you want to find out, then come and join us for the Alt Marketing Certification. Our six-week digital bootcamp for professionals who want to do marketing differently and advance their career along the way. Join me and our six incredible teachers to learn how to advance your career with confidence by applying effective systems and frameworks to the latest trends. The next cohort is coming up soon, so I would love to have you join us. And all you have to do is apply to join at altmarketingschool.com slash learn. Go to altmarketingschool.com slash learn to apply for the next cohort of All Marketing School certification. Hey, legendary human. Yes, I'm talking to you. Love the show? Why not joining hundreds of creatives already part of our collective for monthly masterminds, challenges, masterclasses, and so much more? We help creatives make a positive impact in the world with their message and their content. So give your creative work the visibility that it deserves. Find out more about how to get involved in the show notes of this episode. Um, definitely that customer service is like the number one thing. Like you can't ever leave a comment or a review unanswered or um, yeah, a tweet, you know, even if it's someone saying, I love Move GB, you've got to respond to that. You can't just respond to the, the angry, negative <laughs> comments. Hello. Well, welcome to this gorgeous fireplace, these amazing blankets, the hot chocolate, the gingerbread. Oh, and Jim, it's Christmas time. How has that happened, right? Well, I do hope that you are living the dream with your fireplace, with your hot chocolate, with the gingerbread man, potentially with one and off already because you munched on it, and you are having the best festive time ever. Well, this is a little something something right now that season one of the podcast is over. Cue a little like jazz ends and confetti cannons and all of them in between. Now that the first season is done, we thought we'll give you something for the festive time, something more to listen to, something new, whilst we're working really hard to bring season two to life for you guys. So today's gonna be short and simple. We're gonna go straight in into our interview with the lovely Sophie from MoveGB. I'm so excited. I work closely with MoveGB and I've been doing this for the last, oh boy, six months, I think now. And I love the company. I love the vibe, the energy. I love what they stand for. And it's all about community, which obviously I love. And I thought there was no better thing than getting them to talk about their experience. And it's going to be very insightful and very fun just because it's Christmas. And I thought, why not? Let's remind you that in a couple of days is 2020 new decade new goals new things you want to do we are going all the way in by completely changing our brand and changing our name after six years so we're going big with this whole like new decade kind of vibe 
But if you're not, if you're just deciding to set new goals and get inspired, I really do hope that this podcast does the trick. If not, I would say go back to the old episodes, go to the backlog and find what you need to work on for 2020. What is the one thing that you need to up your game on, that you need to do in order to make the most of next year? Find the episode that speaks to you and make sure that you listen to it and take action. Not today, right now, you are putting your feet up, you're having your hot chocolate, your gingerbread man, and nobody is stopping you. But it's almost time to say goodbye to 2019 and say hello to 2020. We will be back with season two as well, so keep your eyes peeled, make sure that you share the love and make sure that you keep an eye out for our rebranding coming on the 6th of January 2020. Until then, I hope you have the best festive time and I hope you have an incredible end of the year and an even better beginning. And now, back to our lovely interview with the gorgeous Sophie from MooGB. listen to themselves they really struggle mm. and now you know I'm gonna I'm gonna help you out guys and I'm gonna do a lot of you know the voices basically people hear the most I've done this for like six years like some of my first videos for the HBC are six years old oh, my wow. voice slightly changed that's the beauty of them yeah you know, I'm Italian I my pronunciation changed slightly mm. so you can hear there's a bit of a twinge a bit of a different kind of edge but at the, at the beginning it was painful so, yeah <laughs> Because it's different, and I don't know the science yeah. behind it, so I'm not gonna say the science because I have no idea what it is. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like maybe it's just because your head is there's loads of other stuff in there. It's all muffled, so then you hear it really clearly. You're and just you're like, like, oh, that's what it sounds um, like. Yeah, but you can still recognize your own voice. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, oh, mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think even people like Stephen Fry, who I think had one of the most suiting voices ever, still mm. struggles hearing themselves. Oh really? I think I just because a lot oh. of people struggle and you wouldn't expect. I was listening yeah. to a podcast once and they said, um, I think it was an actor. I don't remember who it was, but it was one of these kind of like very British kind of poise and very interesting and kind of like deep voice. And they said, mm. still sad that it's hard sometimes to hear to yourself. Yeah, and kind of get used to hearing yourself as well. So. But David Attenborough is just like, don't know what you guys are talking about. I nail it. <laughs> <laughs> And that's the thing, you think they can talk about literally the instructions of a microphone for a podcast, or they can talk about nature and the weather, and you say, like, this is wonderful. Mm. This is be- this is so soothing, and I love that. I love yeah. this so much. Morgan Freeman just reciting, like, a tube map, I'd be like, yes. <laughs> yes, this is it. <laughs> There's actually um, a YouTube video, or, yeah, it's a video, but it's only the audio of Morgan Freeman uh, reading, I think, a lullaby or something. I'll send it to you at some point. It's so funny. Yeah. It's so funny. And you just kind of get this really soothing bit, and then it gets into these really weird, rude bits, and it just, like, it just, I burst out laughing the first time. It's got a really good voice. Yeah. Um, anyway, I'm really excited to have you today, or to have us today, to oh, thank the, you very to the much. podcast. <laughs> We're in a very formal meeting setting, which I appreciate. People cannot see the wallpaper with fake Books. books yeah it's like oh we're gonna call it the study and the only thing which is real is that globe which opens and there's whiskey inside yes all the books on the wall are fake is this actually like a, a meeting for like a friday kind of meeting we like and you open the globe and there's whiskey yes. and like guys there's this time where we've had like retrospective meetings and then before we know it someone's opened it and i'm just like no 
whiskey, not for me. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, from the MoogDB uh, offices, which is where we are, the first thing that I saw was a palm tree, so it's very in line with the, with the yeah, MoogDB. It, it sounds exotic, but it's slightly deflated. It's like an inflatable palm tree. It's slightly deflated, and it just looks a little bit sad. <laughs> <laughs> I do love it, though. you got, again, and you got the, I felt like the space downstairs, we got the pink plant table, and then I spotted the mats as well. So yes. do you also have little classes every so often? Um, we or- are hoping to. Uh, we did it once and the other company which we share this building with were like what is going on and it was disco aerobics we were doing so we had cranked it a bit too loud but uh, yeah yeah, the mats are down so uh, in the future we can do some kind of like workout and yeah it would be great to host some kind of event at the HQ but the moment just there's a lot going on so we're just taking things slow and steady but yeah we've always got all these plans in our head <laughs> I, I love them to, yeah. I, th- I think that's why we work together anyway because I am the same and I need yeah. you always need somebody I think somewhere whether it's external somebody in the team that kind of like grounds you up a bit because there's yeah. good of the excitable ones but if nobody grounds you back, like grounds you back down yes so many things get started nothing gets finished I think you and Al the founder of MoodGB would get on very well <laughs> it's always always coming up with new stuff <laughs> <laughs> it's like and who raised it back in yeah but how long has moved you be going for? I think I think it's been going on for about six years. So it started in Bath, and Al um, Alistair he worked in a previous role where it was all very focused on the data of how people work out. Yeah. And then he kind of realised that um, people need variety, and be having a membership to one venue just doesn't work anymore because um, people just when they have more variety and fitness is more accessible and it's convenient it keeps people active for longer so he had done some studies and he found that people who did have this multi-access um they were uh, like four times more likely to be active than someone who just joined one single venue so then he built this model and you know netflix spotify like other that are aggregators they kind yeah. of collect all the talent and like deliveroo as well they collect it all and it's almost like a marketplace I guess it's convenience as well, isn't it? Like we're tapping into yeah. a generation of convenience and even older generations are tapping a bit more into that right now. The convenience of finding what you need, uh, where you need yeah. it. I like the Spotify idea because I think you're, are you a big music person as well? Yes. I, I love music. Like I can't walk anywhere without my headphones. Mm. But if you ask my taste, I'd be like very embarrassed. Like I'm starting to sweat. <laughs> like, don't look at my playlist. <laughs> I won't put you on the spot with that. No way. Uh, but you know, like I, oh boy, I'm thinking about it. Okay, my first instance of music and listening to music was cassettes. So you know, when you go back to, from that to mixtapes, which I did a lot, lot of great mixtapes by the way. My, my music mixtape. Did you do like recording straight off the radio, waiting for the DJ to stop talking so you could hit record? <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll raise you that to actually VHSs of MTV music videos. I had that too, and then I will listen to them again back and but, be like, yes. Yes, baby. But I didn't have hour. Sky or MTV, so I had my friend do it for me and then give me the tapes. <laughs> I have my life. <laughs> but you know what I mean? That that was already kind of like a, a way to find a way to create what you wanted and to listen to what you wanted. But I was used to CDs. You know, I was a music journalist, which not everybody knows. Mm, yeah. So I, I, would, I would listen to the CD beginning to the end, especially in the 70s, in the 80s, even in the 90s, there was a structure to it. Mm. And then you see things like Spotify and it just makes sense. So it's just, but obviously yeah. I can see the difference between the two, like how things were and how things are now. And um, a lot of us almost don't remember anymore 
Yes. And we think that it's just it just happened, but it, as you say, I like the thing that you said is just that's the data that proves that aggregators for some things actually do uh, make a difference in the behavior of the people they use it. Yeah, and, and then the more people you get on board to provide their service on this one platform, it just then it starts to go somewhere special because, you know, for example, delivery, I can't imagine my life without it. <laughs> but if there's only like five restaurants on it, it just wouldn't work. And now yes. there's like hundreds. It's just like my hangovers are now just brilliant. <laughs> I have a question on that though, because um, compared to other platforms, they do what kind of move GP does as well. So like aggregating and finding different studios and different instructors. And um, I have seen you because I've used it before. And then mm. now I'm, I'm using it. Thanks to you guys. I'm kind of like dipping my toes in and I'm, I'm on it. Yeah. I'm going everywhere. Remember, you yes. check in all the time. And I'm mentioning you as well. So, you know, I know that you see it when I'm like, yeah. um, but you know, it's kind of like part of, if I use something and I enjoy it, I will do that because that's kind of like what I'm wired as yeah. to do. But what I was saying is that uh, compared to the others that I've tried and that I've seen, there is still a different level of quantity, which though to me kind of also represents a different level of quality. It doesn't make sense. And I wanted to ask you, like, obviously you could go for literally everything and everybody at all times. Yeah. But I was wondering what is your approach to that when it comes to, you know, partnering the right people rather than just going for as many people as possible, as many studios as possible? We kind of look at, um, you know, what's what gets people excited to move and uh, we obviously have all the data from the cities where it's been a success so when we launch in a new city we do tend to have a bit of a checklist to uh, make sure that everyone's catered for and we always have an eye out for alternative workouts like because we want gym and swim is people's like bread and butter for fitness but the alternative workouts like aerial hoop or um bouldering or pole dancing like all that kind of stuff we want to make sure we have that available for people because like I for one I'm getting a bit bored of like one of my workouts and I really want to try Latin dancing yeah like <laughs> dance hall music it just looks so fun and I think yeah it's having this freedom to search and find what suits your mood and energy that's what we kind of look for we want to give people anything according to their energy and mood and I like that again I know that there's always a, a layer of data especially when you're creating an app or a platform but I like the fact that there is some of the kind of like psychology that you don't think about. And I think you are pretty much powered by that kind of data and that knowledge and what yes. you get. And yeah. I think a lot of companies in general, a lot of brands, because they don't think they need to look at the behaviors of their customers, because sometimes they're not necessarily users. Mm. I think they're missing out a bit because, you know, you want to understand people obviously in different levels. But if you don't ask them what they want, if you don't see why to do something instead of something you wouldn't know yeah and i like the fact that that's the way that you can like actually activate the city kind of almost yes just yeah. kind of understanding what happened before and then see if you can replicate yeah and partners can like sign up themselves if they hear about it and they're just like, oh, i want to join the network but majority of it we will have someone who like looks after a city or a town and will be meeting them calling them emailing them so it is quite a personal way which we do it which yeah. cause obviously digital platforms the thing which sucks about it is it takes away the personal touch. Yeah. But we, we try, it, it's hard because we've got 6,000 or more partners on the <laughs> network. We try to have that personal touch. Like we're trying to get more like representation of like of our staff working remotely in these different yeah. cities and towns. Um, but yeah, it's, it's hard, but we're, we just really try to keep the personal touch and just we're trying to do stuff to make sure our partners feel valued as well and not just a cog in the machine. 
What about mm. the users themselves? Where do they fit in that? As in, how are you learning what your users like, or what users don't like, what they find hard or easy, and how do you find a way to kind of like, again, like nurture them as well? Because I'm wondering, you it's kind of harder jobs when you've got two different, almost three, depending on like whether you're instructors and also studio or not. Yeah. So you have the instructors, the studios, and then you have the people that actually do work out. Yeah. How do you find the balance between finding a way to improve the service, I suppose, and support everybody, especially when it comes to, you know, people that actually go and work out because they're the ones that yeah. will pay for the subscription. Yeah, it's uh, we, we get heaps of venue requests, which is great because mm-hmm. then they're doing the research for us. Yeah. But, yeah, we, we always, like, send out some comms just to say, um, like, especially if someone hasn't been moving that much, yeah. we're like, you know, what's up? Are you okay? <laughs> you okay, hun? <laughs> and, uh, is there like a favorite venue or an activity which you really want to do, but it's not available in your city? And then that getting that kind of data from our members or our lapsed members, like them explaining why move didn't work for them, helps us develop going forwards. Yeah. Well, um, I'm going to ask you something about the app now as well, because I think it's kind of like an interesting yes. way. Um, Just a small disclaimer like yeah. right now, the app is currently being completely um rejigged rejigged yes Yay! It's, i even you had some feedback and i gave yeah. back to them we're like we're working on this don't worry it's in the <laughs> pipeline and yeah every there's a few of us who've got the new version and it's just we've got this group where just everyone's putting in their feedback That's great. and the tech team just straight on it they're just like yeah okay cool thanks but or, i think it's fascinating and, and one of the reasons why i want to talk about this stuff like as a as probably people will got from the actual pilot as well i just want to talk to interesting people that are trying to make a difference yeah. and make an impact in a way and it's just kind of understanding the different layers and also i think a lot of the misconceptions about when you're trying to build a brand or build a movement like people think i don't know i would say people think a lot of people think that if you're creating something like an app a bespoke product especially yeah. when it has to be updated constantly reviewed you don't like something or something doesn't work and the next day is going to be changed and it's kind yeah. of one of those things that it's interesting when you actually talk to people and it's like, no, no, we, we get everything in a pipeline. There's the feedback and then there's the development as well. Yeah. Which I think it's hard to, to understand unless you are in it. Uh, yeah, I'm, I guess, supposedly in it, but I still have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> it is the, the guys who work on the app, they have such an amazing structure of how they approach projects and how they um, approach different problems, get, get it solved, that... I don't I can't even comprehend it like I don't even know how they structure their sprints <laughs> but yeah they're they're really great at it and they're just like heads down plowing through trying to get version three out because I guess it's just the user experience is the most important thing nevertheless yes. and everyone uses apps now apps are like the easiest way you don't want to log in like through your browser on your phone you want to be able to just hit the move gb icon yeah. and just like be straight in there and yeah, get notifications if you've got like an upcoming workout, if you've forgotten you booked it or something like that. It needs to be like directly you need pinging to check on your in. phone. Yes. Yeah. Which happened to me a couple of times. Like I was kind of like trying to get ready for like the, the uh, warm up for the boxing. I was like, Sods, I need to check in. The guy would look at me like, what? I was like, wait. Oh. I just found it just being check in. Like, You're so good. I always forget. <laughs> I feel really bad. I'm like, is the, is the move GB police coming to get me? Yeah. No, it's not, but you know. Banging I mean? on your door. Oi. <laughs> You haven't checked in today. I swear I want to. Yeah. Um, but you know what? It's um, it's one of those things that also I want to mention though, just for people that might be listening to this and might be like, I need an app in my life, or 
or kind of like people that like is an app is a tool like this something that can help me when i want to create community or whatever it is mm. one of the things that we do just to give a bit of a feedback obviously on them um, this kind of stuff if you're not creating an app yourself by the way sophie we did create an app two and a half years ago and our hardcore members will remember that oh, wow. it was built on on the wordpress framework which means uh for people that don't understand this it was a hell to actually yeah. get it fixed if something broke. Because I still had to do a lot of the work myself and I'm not an app developer. Yeah. But it wasn't bad, but then it just was too much work from what it was. Yeah. Um, but still, we realized that when we asked our members how they wanted to access both our courses and the portal, the membership portal, yeah. they wanted something that felt professional, but they still was going to be able to access anywhere they were. So what we did, the things that we have, we build them on other platforms they're usually platforms that you can white label a bit yeah and uh, which means that you can customize one kind of quite heavily um they're not necessarily ours and there are two reasons why I'm, and i'm saying this because some people want to create their own thing and it's fine but some people feel scared because as you said the development time the customer service just for yeah. the app itself and it's great for us because you find a platform which i'm happy to talk about if anybody's interested in a podcast just about that a platform that works for you for whatever you want to deliver whether yeah. it's like engagement and stuff and then the tech team, you just need to be able to direct people to uh, um, FAQs or any kind of like knowledge base to yeah. be like, this is how they can get fixed. And if they cannot, you direct it to the tech team on the platform. Yeah. And this is why I think it has to be like in two different layers, because as you said as well, from going from version two to version three, how long did it take you roughly? Um, I have no idea, but it's been a long time coming. <laughs> yeah, so you know what I mean? It's just, you, you want, if you're doing a massive update, you want it to be something that is going to be quite comprehensive. Yes, and it's always the testing, so much testing. Us. Like, obviously, there's about 40, 40 of us who work in this office. Yeah. Uh, the rest work remotely, but they, we all use our MeTube membership heaps. And um, so we had the, the version three beta version or whatever like opened up to us and so yeah we've been just trawling through it doing what we normally do doing unusual things to see if we can try and trip it up see yeah, if yeah. there's any bugs and like yeah we we gather whatever errors we find and then feed it back to them and then they can get cracking so yeah it goes through vigorous testing and i'm sure they go through even more testing than us just being like i'm gonna go to body <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite <laughs> yeah so then once they've got through all of that then hopefully they'll roll it out and then be ready for more bug reports. <laughs> <No. laughs> no, it'll, rep- it'll be perfect. <laughs> but that's the thing. It's just um, understanding that I think it's one of those things as well. Then you have so many people because that is such a, a key element of actually the whole uh, website itself and how things work. Yeah. The, the app itself. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you as well. So I know that you can like your encompassing role includes a lot of the marketing side of it and like all that communication as well. Yeah. And I was kind of wondering, what have you learned since you started with MoodyB when it comes to the way that you guys interact with people, again, online? Because I like yeah. the fact that, as I said, you have two very, very specific uh, uh, sides of MoodyB. And you want to nurture both, and I know that because I know you guys yeah. a bit. So I was kind of wondering, what have you learned from when you started to like where you are now? How have you grown with uh, with MoodyB as well? Um, like personally or how interacting with like the pub our customers yeah I guess interacting with the customers as well um definitely that customer service is like the number one thing like you can't ever leave a comment or a review unanswered or um yeah a tweet you know even if it's someone saying I love moved you be you've got to respond to that you can't just respond to the the angry negative <laughs> comments um 
And yeah, if we get a, a review which, you know, gives us one star, then we look into their account and we're like, what happened? Why did they get this bad review? And if, whether it's, I know they might not understand the platform, they couldn't find their activity, we didn't have the venue which they wanted to go to, um, or they just couldn't afford us, whatever it, reason is, it's always good to find out why they gave us a bad review and then see if we can rectify it and it's happened many instances where people go back and they give us like a five-star review okay speaking to customer service which is great but yeah we um we use sprout social to make sure every single comment every single tweet is responded to and also we we all get alerts from google and Trustpilot, and uh keep an eye on the facebook reviews as well and yeah the service team is or the operations team i think they're now called they Mm -hmm. it's just incredible like how how quickly they can work and get through all the the volume is huge especially in our peak seasons which is september and january so and anytime i send out like a email sales campaign i'm like i'm sorry (laughs) it's coming your way (laughs) so even if it's just people like not understanding pricing structure yeah they just get straight to it and they just chip away and make sure everyone has an answer I think that's the thing as well. People don't realise, um, again, when you're on the other side, you don't realise that if you are creating something, whatever it is, uh, that your product or brand or services, people are going to have questions. And beforehand, it was different because people will either email you, yeah, maybe send you letters. Not that I've ever had that. I think I'm too oh I'm gosh. too young for that. But <laughs> I'm sure, I remember when, when we were younger, you know, like angry letters are like The Guardian or whatever, just saying yeah. something like, I'm really crossed about this. Yeah. So that then the emails were the second step. And now, because any brand, whether it's personal brand, whether it's a company, you are available on social media and in so many different places. Yeah. It's so easy for people to give you feedback. And let's be honest, if you're a bit angry and you're late, yeah. and now I think Twitter is, to me, is the place where a lot of like very, very stressed people go to. Yes. Um, but that's the thing, like, you know, you, you can't, as you say, you can't leave that unanswered. But there are so many options mm-hmm. right now for people to give you that feedback or to ask you their questions. Yeah. I think we need to realize that if you don't have a structure in place to um, direct it to, as I said, FAQs or you direct it to somebody else from your team, yeah. there has to be because social media is probably the, one of the biggest places where people will give you that feedback. Yeah, and it's so fast moving. If you don't respond to someone in a day, they're like, why are you ignoring me? Like, <laughs> don't worry, you're number 50 in the queue. We're getting to you. <laughs> Working late into the night. <laughs> we'll get to you, babes. <laughs> yeah. So how long have you been working then for MoodGB? Uh, just over two years. Yeah. It's flown by. <laughs> um, yeah, because my, my background was working in um, like travel marketing and uh, for an online supermarket as well. Nice. And then, um, yeah, traditional marketing, I wasn't too much of a fan of. So I wanted to go a bit more of the brand awareness stuff, a bit more community management, more writing, like copywriting, blog writing. Um and yeah, so when this job popped up, I'd, I'd quit my job, gone off to the Philippines, came back, and then within three weeks, I had this job, and I was like, yes, <laughs> lady <laughs> luck is on my side. Screw <laughs> you, mum, you thought I was going to be a dropout. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, but yeah, the great thing about MeTV is that, well, you, you get to wear a lot of different hats. Yeah, which, I was going to say, I feel like that's kind of like... Yeah, which can be quite intense. Like, there's only, um, like, myself shade and then head of marketing who are like the core of the marketing team um so you know resources are stretched but we just you know outsource to other people hey fab (laughs) to give us a hand when we need it um and yeah it's just an it's an amazing way to learn because 
either have to learn because it's either, you know, do or die, or, <laughs> or um, yeah, when we outsource, then I get to learn from great, talented people who can... Bow, you take that. Yes, <laughs> yes, girl. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I feel like I have learned heaps, and then also I think the number one thing is, like, coping under pressure. Yes. When you have a massive to-do list... And like we use Asana, so it's just you see all those tasks, just keep going, going. Like mine is, it used to have structure, not anymore. It's just this endless scroll. <laughs> but it's, you know, take a breath and just plow on with the most important things. I'll do prioritize then. Uh, whoever shouts the loudest. <laughs> <laughs> That's a way. Um, I would say, um, yeah, we, we, within the team, we have great support. So if it ever seems like, you're getting overwhelmed, which has always happened to someone at one point. Um, just because we're a startup, it's really fast paced. Yeah. Things we're constantly trying things, testing it. Oh, it didn't work. Throw that away onto the next thing, which is great, exciting. Um, but also sometimes it's like I need to catch a breath. <laughs> but yeah, the team is fantastic. And if if you're ever struggling, then it will be like, okay, look at your tasks. Then you know my manager will help me prioritize, or um, I'll just be like, I'm right. I'm calling this. Sorry, you. You're not getting that done anytime soon. <laughs> I'm looking after this event because that's in two weeks. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like you prioritize for yourself, and then I think it's communication is one of the most important yes. things, anyway. Yeah, definitely. The most important thing we learned was um, to make sure we had a lot of healthy communication between product, tech, marketing, and also service team. Just, I mean, that pretty much is that like almost all the departments, yeah. but uh, it's always good, even if it's just like once every two weeks, we just have a catch up with the service team. Mm-hmm product team um, might catch up with the service team just to be like we launched this new thing it's been test split testing like how has the engagement been or have you had any more inquiries about this issue um so yeah healthy communication within the company is key to not losing your brain <laughs> I, I think ages of what well, ages ago i'm saying but like years ago actually not ages <laughs> years ago um it was still different. And I'm saying years ago because I come from a background well, where we still were quite an agile company. When I started, I started at an event company doing community management. Yeah. And uh, we were, the, the guys were Danish. Not that it means anything, but this candy have it. They're smart. And they were pretty much ahead of the time. Yeah. And before that, I worked in Nando's. So that was kind of like my first, yeah, big, big, big first job. In Nando's yeah. in Bath, by the way, ladies oh and gentlemen. God. So very local. Uh, but... Anyway, I digress as per usual. Um, <laughs> but the point is that right before that, though, there was still a bit more of us kind of like sales does sales, products does products, customer service does their thing. And we kind of interject every so often in a very long monthly meeting and that's it. And I think now whether you're guys and you're, you're a big team. So it's not just a case yeah. of like you think of oh, a team of two people, three people, we need con- proper communication. But I think structured and easy ways of communicating with, your team whether it's two people or 40 yeah it just allows you to be all in the loop and not to kind of lose the, the crumbs because otherwise you don't really know what's going on yes and it's also good to like have retrospective or reflection times where you just look at the past couple of weeks and everyone's like you know the good and the bad and then steps we can do to improve or like avoid the bad stuff happening again and that's really helpful and it's like even if like I screwed up and I'm just like that was a bad thing which happened it's in this there's no like it's not a blame culture here so you feel you're just like don't worry I've learned I've learned from my mistake <laughs> but you're not afraid to own up to anything which has gone wrong what is your favorite 
tool then because we talked about asana we talked about the different things that you've learned and different things that you kind of like prioritize but yeah maybe it is asana but if there's one tool that really really helps you and kind of like when it comes to especially busy time peak time and big sales time um asana yeah i i think i'd be lost i'd be lost without it everyone when they first start here hates it but then when you get used to it and you get your own structure then you're just like this has everything this is my work if i lost my asana account i'd be like well there you go i'm out of out of a job (laughs) i can't remember what was on there (laughs) um but also randomly um unum for instagram what is that it's it's basically it gives you like a fake grid and it it populates all your um pictures which you've published already yeah but then you can drop in images and then like so then you can plan ahead and kind of figure out how the feel of the grid is going to be and because i get so many partners requesting to have promotion for instagram and i can't have it all just promoting partners yeah you've got to mix in you know everyone wants to see a puppy eating a pineapple or (laughs) I don't know, just like... Pu- pu- puppies are, are, are the good bonus one. I find there's always like a puppy every so often that comes out on the HBC one and be like, look at a cute puppy eating a smoothie. Exactly. Done. My job is done. <laughs> yeah. The whole week is done. Okay, yeah. Through the roof, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's always good to kind of like look through my sanita, see who's been uh, requesting what, and then just make sure it drips in more organically rather than just go try this hit class. Oh my God, go boxing here. Ah, oh, do this, do that. So... Yeah, and it's very aesthetically pleasing. And I probably spend a bit too long in the morning. I was going to ask. Because like, yeah. <laughs> you also have you and your sister, right? You have your own yes. personal accounts as well. Yes. So me and my sister, we have um, Saints on a Plane, which is a travel blog. It's adorable. Um, yeah. I, I, I uh, my surname is Saint, by the way. <laughs> we're not just like, oh, yes, we're Saints. <laughs> um, but yeah, if anyone like back in the day ever saw Snakes on a Plane, it's a bit of a cult classic. Then you'll get the name. <laughs> if not, people are like, is your blog about Christianity? I'm like, mm, definitely not. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, we use Anum for that. And so it's normally when we go off on a trip and because we both work full time and mm-hmm. then this is our like little side hobby. We've been travel blogging for years. Um, but yeah, it's just a case of trying to share the space with my sister where I've always been quite like, it's mine it's my Instagram account um, and then she'll go on a trip and she went to LA and Vegas and all her pictures are just incredible and then she's like scheduled up for like the next week and then I'm just patiently waiting until I can post my Malta photos and I'm like I hope people don't think it's weird that it's been ages since I've been to Malta now <laughs> a year ago <laughs> yeah one year ago I went to this country and I drank this cocktail <laughs> well I have one more question for you this is the only okay. one that might throw you a bit off, but I like to throw people off. Okay. Um, and it's a question that I'm not sweating. <laughs> no, it's an easy one. I'm not going to ask you for your like your favorite playlist because I know okay. that will <laughs> that will give you the sweats. Um, but if you could invite anybody for lunch or brunch, because uh, hashtag millennials, uh, dead or alive, who would they be? Oh, dead or alive. I'm immediately thinking about the people I wouldn't invite. <laughs> Here's Morgan. Why, why are you in my head? Get out. I'm not coming to my brunch. Um, I can never say her surname. Sophia Am- Amoruso? Amoruso? Yes, the, yes. The, the girl boss. Yeah. Because I'm just, just someone who created their own business from an eBay account. And she was just such a pioneer. And I just think her story would be so amazing to hear about it. And then also be like, 
can you give me your clothes <laughs> please <laughs> but yeah th- like they had the tv program which came out but unfortunately got canned after the first series oh yeah sure. i loved it i was I, just I, like I, I, I did enjoy that actually yeah. myself and also just the fashion i was just like all these clothes are incredible but yeah she she's i don't know what she's up to now but i just i've got big respect for like starting that whole girl boss movement and just kind of empowering female businesswomen Nasty Girl is still going on, and I think now it's the big, which is the the actual clothing company that now turned out from yes. that. And I think it's um, Girl Boss now became his own thing, which is great. Mm. Uh, more on the publication side, from what I remember. But again, if I'm wrong, I do apologize, um, <laughs> just in case. But Nasty Girl is um, has got quite a big traction in London, so I think okay. there's, there's quite a big UK based kind of traction. I think it got now. taken over by Boohoo, okay. so she sold it to Boohoo. But um, I think Boohoo might have made it a bit cheaper so like a bit more accessible and also because now it's not shipped i don't think it's shipped from the u.s yeah i was gonna say that's but, probably the case because i've seen yeah. it much more predominant in the last couple of years and i was like yeah all right same great um but yeah it had more of a premium feeling when it started obviously because it was that like, the vintage kind of uh, yeah style of it yeah oh, interesting well, what would you have for brunch you reckon uh 100 eggs avocado some kind of carb <laughs> <laughs> and then mimosas as far as I can see I normally ask for a glass of Prosecco and then half a pint of orange juice because <laughs> I'm like I don't trust you to make my mimosas you will make it too weak <laughs> <laughs> I love that I love that and then deliver all about balance guys <laughs> <laughs> and then deliver oh, oh yeah delivery the next day <laughs> and move GB after that as well yes once you've regained your zest for life <laughs> <laughs> Best weekend ever. Yeah, it's pretty much my weekend. <laughs> thank you so much, Sophie, for having oh, us. It was a pleasure both. to have you. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Make an Impact Show. For more info on the HPC, head to our socials at hbloggers.com or go to our website, healthbloggerscommunity.com. Now, get out there and be awesome.